Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com slash support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Nick Faldo's Championship Golf. Aaron, Mm. do you have a favorite professional golfer of all time? Hmm, professional golf. You know, I'm not going to lie to you, Boot. I'm not a big golf watcher. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I would say, uh, uh, let's go with Fuzzy Zeller, Lee Trevino. I like those guys. Of course, Jack, the Golden Bear. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Local, him as well. Sort of. Arnie. Yeah. Arnold Palmer. Mm-hmm. You know, he was okay. Uh, I think I've hit most of the high notes. I mean, I really, I was, by the time Tiger Woods was uh, out there killing it, and I did catch some of his stuff, but I mean, in fact, I recall he had a big, uh, he had a big, like a, a sudden death victory in Kentucky at the uh, U.S. Open, I believe yeah. it was. It, it was Ball like Hall. a real yeah. famous... Uh, I remember watching that on TV. It was a real big deal. Uh, and uh, uh, But I really... I haven't followed golf for quite a while, to be completely honest with that. I really never followed it that closely, but I did... I had an... Hey, Wild World of Sports, every, I had a little bit of knowledge about everything for a while. What about you? You know, I'm surprised that you didn't mention John Daly. Do you know who John Daly is? Oh, the big, fat, drunk hillbilly? Yeah. Yeah. I, do like, I do enjoy his antics. <laughs> I figured he'd be you number know? one with a bullet. He's no. he's one of my favorites. Uh, I like him. I like Angel Cabrera. I basically like anybody that smokes a whole lot on the course, you know? Because, I mean, like, you know when you're doing that, you're just, you're in it to win it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's big golf and bowling. You can sort of be a bum and still, especially if you're a big tubby guy, you can still crush the ball. That's right. Probably not so much, you know, every, that's sort of the thing that ruined sports is when everybody started conditioning, you know, it used to be, you could roll out, if you played baseball, you could roll out there with a huge gut and you could crush Bob it. Horner. That's Remember right. him? He yeah. used to come out there and he was killing it for Atlanta. I like those guys, big tubby guys. My favorite is uh, Payne Stewart. Payne Stewart, do you remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his stick was that he wore like the old timey golf clothes and he wore the flat <laughs> yeah. cap and the in the plus fours, the big baggy trousers. So I dig anybody that, that can rock a wardrobe like that. He was trying. You know, hey, yeah. if I had those clothes, I'd wear them full time. They look comfy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe not the hat. I don't know about that. That's the, that's the only kind with of the, hats I wear. Especially with the ones with the gimmick on top, a little fuzzy gimmick. Yeah. Otherwise, I, mean, I, I, like I think it. that he left out the gimmick most of the time. Yeah. He only brought yeah. that out for special occasions. So Anyway, this is a this is Nick Faldo's championship golf. You were talking about Lee Trevino. Did you know he had his own golf game? Yeah, fighting golf. Fighting golf. So, yeah. which one are you going to play? Fighting golf or championship golf? Neither one, because I've got Jack's golf game right on my back shelf over here for the Amiga. Mm. So I've got uh, that's another one which I think. Although, really, let's face facts. We both like the same game. If we picked a, a if you're going to pick a singular golf game, video game wise. It would probably be uh, Neo Turf Masters. Mm-hmm. I will say, I, I do like other golf games. I've got this uh, arcade game called Skins Game. It was from Midway. It was a lot of fun. It would use a trackball. Oh, no, it used a, uh, a, it had a special controller that was like a flipper. 
Remember John Elway's football had one mm-hmm. of those? Yeah, you it was pull like it back that. and go, yeah. And it works great for golf. It's surprising. I think you've played that with us. But, uh, yeah, you have a little, before. it's like a cocktail cabinet that you've got. That's right. On, right. That's yeah. right. So I, I do enjoy that one. Uh, Golden Tee 2. I really like that one with a trackball. I mean, the Golden Tee's got pretty awesome. But that one I remember specifically because I, I had it on the main cabinet. So I like that one too. What about what were your favorites aside from Neo Turf? Uh, you know, I played a lot of uh, NES golf, just the 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 original golf. I probably <laughs> yeah. played more of that than anything because me and my buddy, uh, my roommate in college, my sophomore year, we would just come home from class and instead of doing our work, we would just sit there and we'd play round after round of NES golf to where we we both got so good at it, we'd play eighteen holes tied every time with the best score that you could get. We figured out basically how to beat the game, but we kept playing it. We went to a party one time and uh, we were just kind of hanging out, you know, and it was uh-huh. sort of boring. And I was like, hey, you want to you want to go play some uh, some golf? And he's like, yeah, let's go. And so we let, and there were these two beautiful girls that walked up to us with drinks in their hands. And they're like, hey, you guys want to stick around and hang out? We we're like, nope, we're going to play NES golf. See you later. <laughs> Did this was, really happen? This really happened. We did not. I did not actually say we're going to play NES golf, but we we did excuse ourselves. And on the way out, we were like, "What did we just do?" And he's like, "Well, maybe we should have stayed, but it was too late by that point. The die had been cast. We had to go back and play some golf." Would you consider that younger version of you a big old nerd, Bode? Um, yes, yes. Okay. It's no sort sad. of like the current version of me, a big old nerd. Well, except you didn't walk out when Eep was like, hey, let's get married. You were That's like, yeah. True. That's so true. So at least you, you had one non-nerd moment. Good That's move. A good point. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, really, you can say that, that, you know, most of my favorite games, aside from leaderboard or on the consoles, uh, we'll talk we'll talk about why that is uh, as we get into this game, because some of the things that plague Nick Faldo plague all the PC golf games in some way or another. But it's not time for that, Aaron. It's time to talk about what's been going on over on the Amigos Retro Gaming YouTube channel. All right, man. Let's check it out. So, we had an interesting week this week, Boat. Uh, and we're going to start off here. Of course, I, we're not even going to dwell on this too much, but you did uh, have a, some video rounds here on uh, Nick Faldo's Championship Golf. Uh, which we'll, uh, you know, we'll talk about that in a little while. So if you want to watch Boat have a have a go at Nick uh, Faldo's golf, it's up there for on YouTube. Uh, Boat, explain to me what's going on here with the Boat Real Hardware Wild and Wacky NES Stream. All right, so sounds wacky. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I sat down. This game. this is this is from a couple weeks ago, uh, November. Uh, this was put up on uh, November 29th. Actually, I, I did this stream even two weeks before that. Uh, I decided that it was time to whip out the EverDrive and just play some random stuff on the Nintendo. You know, the Nintendo is my my favorite system, the original mm-hmm. NES. And uh, and I was uh, and so what I did was I, I fired up the EverDrive and I just sort of played random games. You know, I, I went and uh, I took some requests from the chat, played 720. Uh, I played uh, a game called Gun Knack, which is a really awesome shooter. Uh, I played a game that Rushi recommended that was super, super awesome. Um, it was sort of like a Ninja Gaiden meets Big Trouble in Little China game. And I can't mm-hmm. think of the name of it, but maybe he'll tell me in the chat because I, I can't remember. Uh, we played American Gladiators. That's what you're watching right now. The wall climb and American this looks Gladiators. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I've it's never actually, tried this. It's actually a pretty good game. I so, wish it was like that in real life. Now that's a wall climb. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to see the guys do. Look at so, that. There's an S curve. There's walls. <laughs> Where did it's that guy come man. from? What? 
You got bodies flying everywhere. It's like Starcade 87 all over again. <laughs> That's awesome. So anyway, if you want to check out me playing some NES and uh and, and yakking it up with the chat, Vice Project Doom. Thank you, Rushi. Uh you can you can check that out. Boots real hardware wild and wacky NES stream. That was that's good stuff right there, Boat. Well, let's talk about it. I guess we might as well get into it a little bit there, Boatster. It went Did you down. almost call me hose? <laughs> I, I, I know, Boatster. <laughs> okay. I almost called I don't know what I was thinking, frankly. It went down. Uh, it, in fact, it was it was a week ago uh, today, right seems now. Seems like years ago. Yeah. It really seems like a long time ago now. It was it was the ARG Thanks for Giving Marathon. Uh, and you talk about a, a ramshackle affair, Boatster. We barely got this one in, but uh, everything came together, and with the and with uh, the Brent's technical genius and my ability to exploit those that have genius, we <laughs> we we put it the film, uh, eight hours of gameplay and uh, world premiere shows, uh, and we played a lot of uh, Steam based Retro Arch beta. Uh, if you are into uh, emulation, and if you're into playing with your buddies online with via emulation, then have I got the show for you? For I just went through boat and clipped out all of our gameplay mm-hmm. out of the marathon and just compiled it into one four-hour video of nothing but me and Brent playing uh, retro games via Retro Arch via Steam. Uh, it's actually a pretty good system once they work out some of the kinks. I was very impressed. I was very impressed to watch you guys because I was I wasn't expecting for you guys to go all out on this. I figured you'd do some hot seat multiplayer games, not try and test the waters too much. But you went right into it. You were playing beat 'em ups, all kinds of stuff that taxing, you know, that taxes the network. So this thing really performed well, at least looking at it from the outside in. Let me explain something to you. All right. When we were coming up with this wacky plan, I said, you know, Brent, we can play some hot seat stuff. That'll work out great. Brent forbade it because that wasn't nearly challenging or or uh, uh, you know blood curling enough. He wanted hot one on one action all the time. He wanted us to play, so we did. We played Final Fight. We played Knights of the Round. We had a full uh, we had a full uh, eighteen holes of uh, of uh, Neo Turf Masters. We played tons of Burger Time. We played tons of stuff. So if you want to watch us, and it's also kind of neat to see how the uh, uh, retro arts on Steam works. I mean, to a certain degree, uh, you'll see what it looks like to people. Because I was actually the one that was, Brent was actually streaming it. So anything you see here was effectively uh, based on our connection. And Brent's connection wasn't great. So mm-hmm. as you understand, Boat. So, but my connection seems to be doing pretty well. So if you want to watch four hours of that. And we'd like to uh, also thank everyone who turned out. We had a, we just did a huge number on Twitch, uh, Boat. We had a ton of people uh, show up for this and, and watch it. Uh, and uh, for various amounts of time, and we appreciate everybody showing up. I would say a uh, hundred times as many people watched this year's Thanks for Giving than watched last year's, which we uh, admittedly we didn't do a real good job of promoting uh, <laughs> last year's boat, as you as you painfully showed me over and over. So thanks again for everybody for popping out. We'll be back with a normal ARG uh, this Sunday. Uh, one simple uh, quick note: we have moved the start time of ARG to ten a.m. 10 a.m. because it was killing me to do it so early. So Brent get, threw me a bone here. So starting this week, we'll be doing the show at 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. This week we're doing four player games, Boat. I think we got a couple winners. So it be I'm fun. ready. I, I can't wait to watch it. You know, we got a buddy. Uh, he's a genius of a man. He's named Jack Flack, and he's got he's got a couple offerings here to look at. Uh, first out of the gates here, 
the Flagster plays some straight up old school. One of my favorites, Donkey Kong Jr. on the mm-hmm. C64 boat. Pretty good looking game here, boat. If I if it, I may, it say. looks great. It looks fantastic. Yeah, that looks awesome. I you know I love this game, and this is one of those games I remember hanging out. There's a store in uh, Dunbar, which is a city near here, called Murphy's Mart. It's long gone, but Murphy's Mart had a little arcade in it, and I remember seeing this game in there for a long time, and I had no money, so I remember hanging out and just watching the attract screen of this for years. For like, <laughs> every time my mom shopped there, I went back to the arcade and just sat there and looked at this, or I usually would play the couple quarters she gave me, and after I failed horribly, I'd watch other people play, but it was still, this is a good game. Of course, you got Jack Flack here. It's not just him playing games. It's always story time with Jack, and he's got oh, yeah. he's got a lot of wacky, interesting stories. So check him out. He's been streaming a lot here recently. And I think it's some good stuff. Um, let's also talk about his other offering this week. Uh, Sprite Castle plays Karatika, which I believe the Sprite Castle this week is on Karatika. In fact, I know it is. And uh, this is Flack going to work on Karatika. He's got an interesting story about him buying this as a kid, getting this as a gift on the Apple II. Uh, which is uh, amusing to say the least. But if you want to, I've always liked this game. But remember, we covered this uh, on the Amigos. Yeah, and they poured it over. It at, happened at so suggestion. long ago that I'd forgotten that we'd done it. I was like, surely we did. I don't remember that. But yeah, episode forty, which yeah, is literally I remember, five I years demanded ago. It. So. I demanded it. We, I was like, we got to do this because this is one of my favorite games. I don't remember if you liked it that much or not. Do you, what you, you know, I, I know that you're a big uh, Mechner fan. I am. Uh, I've I've sort of been. I think it's. I, I seriously think it's a generational thing. You know, I I think you know this stuff doesn't seem as impressive as some of the other stuff. Like I, I realize it's, it's the whole like rotoscope, you know, smooth animation thing, but the gameplay in both this and Prince of Persia, just, it doesn't do anything for me. So I, I love, I mean, you're, you may be right. First of all, I think Prince of Persia is, is uh, one of the all time great games. I mm-hmm. really do. Sure. Sincerely believe that. Uh, man, look at flat. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> uh, it just walked right in to get insta killed. Uh, but, uh, uh it, the the rotoscoping the the uh that graphical uh that graphical technique was so incredible at the time it really was and you're right if you if you didn't understand it you it, you know if, it, if it's not new to you it wouldn't be that big a deal but it was mm-hmm. huge huge deal to me uh, I think that's all we've got voting except for one other thing we'll talk about during the show tonight sure. uh, so that's what we're looking at this week on everything Amiga's YouTube channel. All right, Aaron. Well, let's jump right into this week's Amiga news. All right. What do you want right. to tackle first here, Boat? How about this one? Well, we're going to start with the uh, the we you know our buddy Ravi has just returned to the fold. Actually, he's been doing this a lot lately, but it's been a while since we've covered uh, our our buddy the the formula DJ formula. Uh, I like this one because Ravi's out in his garden. He's mixing yeah. it up with the chickens. He's got sunflowers out there, and he's spinning some virtual discs on the, uh, the his his twin Amiga twelve hundreds. Uh, you know, I love. There is a um, there is a a, a YouTube channel that I, that I I watch all the time. I support them on Patreon. It's called My Analog Journal, and all it is is it's got these DJs in all these different places in the world, and they're they're playing this music from other countries. But the thing that I like about it is they all have such great setups. Like they're either set up in their garden or they've got like a special room that's really sunny and stuff. And I love looking at that stuff. So I was so happy to watch this set by Ravi out in his garden, just morning those days we're not going to see days like that for a while Aaron. those days are over here in the states for a while at least until maybe april or may you got that right i recall 
uh, long ago, I believe in Discord, where Robbie was actually showing pictures of him putting his garden together, like getting mm-hmm. all this crap situated. So it is neat to actually see it now. And he does. I like the fact he's got the big sunflowers out there. Uh, right beside him. How what a beautiful what a beautiful scene. Yeah. For the, for the DJ to lay down uh, some uh, soulful Amiga tunage, uh, DJ style. So good stuff. I like it, man. I approve. Another uh, one of our buddies, RMC, is back with part two of his Amiga 600 video. If you recall from his part one of his series, uh, he talks about how the Amiga 600 was initially a big disappointment, and uh, and you know he wanted nothing to do with it. Well, in this video, he talks more about that, and we actually get into the nuts and bolts of him putting in these new capacitors, firing it up, testing it out. And, uh, and his reaction to the system on the whole. So make sure you check that out uh, if you are an aspiring Amiga 600 owner, because who knows, maybe it will be you that's replacing those caps next time. You know, the uh, power supply has got there. It, it, the, that's the same outfit that I bought mine from. Uh, and actually, that was the, that's the advanced version of the mm-hmm. one I've got. Gives but you the, the voltages same, and same stuff shell, all on yeah. the screen, yeah. Uh, but I'll watch this. You know, I'm telling you, uh, yeah, I've got a ton of stuff around here, Boat, that needs recapped you know and I, i'm just gonna tell you i'm not doing it mm-hmm. uh, well you're you're I, you're an anti-capper you don't believe no, that it's it not because happens. i don't believe in it oh no i know it happens it's just that i'm just too lazy mm. and so what, what i'll do is at some point i'll pay uh pay a dude to do it I'm just, i don't have the i don't have the patience because i also have to solder a lot of stuff at work and i just can't you know it's just like the old mechanic his car never works that's sort of the way i look at it uh, but it was fun i like watching neil work on his stuff it's interesting to see what he's got uh, cooking here with the six. You know, it's a, uh, uh, it's like we've mentioned before with the with the vampires. The six thousand went from like the ultra dud to like one of the most sought after machines. It's fun. It's the worm has turned, boom. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good, good on Neil. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. All right, coming up next, there is a new game out there for the Amiga, and you're going to need a high end system to play it. Uh, this is this game is called Heart of Darkness. I know, shocking, right? This was originally a uh, a PC and PlayStation release, and I guess that they, it has been ported to the Amiga. Uh, it it looks like a two D platformer, you know, very stylized in the in the vein of Out of This World or something like that, um, or Another World, I guess, is the what they call it overseas. Um, but uh, but at any rate, this, these are the these are the system requirements, Aaron. You need to have uh, an advanced CPU, so at least an 020, but you probably need an 060. I mean, who's kidding who? Uh, you need an O2, uh, you need, you need, you need the JIT in there, you know, you gotta have that. Uh, and most importantly, you actually need the files from the original game to play this. So you gotta have that, that system disc. He's not, he's not, uh, bending the knee to the gray market in this one. You, you gotta, you gotta pop in that disc there if you want to be able to play this game. So now, anyway, let me ask you a question, Boat. Uh, Heart of Darkness here. Is this the uh, is this the same one that was out like this on like the uh, Sega CD? Uh, I'm guessing. That, I'm guessing that it probably is because it's. Well, I don't know. It's a, this according is the to Indie Retro to, News. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I sorry, according to Indie Retro News, this came out in the late '90s, so we're past sort of the heyday of the Sega CD. But it could be. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Uh, I, 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 I. This is the first I've heard of this one. I'll be honest with you. That. Uh, it says here I'm watching the we're watching the video and it says it's slow and it is look it does look incredibly slow <laughs> on on a on a twelve hundred O forty. So basically this is a little something for the folks that have a mega system is what right. you're saying. Or right. emulation. So hey exactly. That's not nothing wrong with that, Boots. No, 
No. So anyway, that's something to check out. Uh, here's another interesting development in the field of hardware, Aaron. This was actually posted. Uh, this is a, uh, a copy and pasted image from uh, our the uh, Amiga Facebook page. Uh, and this is uh, David Haney's Commodore Amiga. Uh, he's posted on the Commodore Amiga blog, or not blog, the, the Facebook page, that he is developing a new Buster schematic, Aaron. You know, we we how how many how many years have we yearned for a new Super Buster? You and I. I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's finally happening. It's finally happening. This is a new design that's using a small FPGA. It's going to be much better designed than the original Busters out there. So you can pop this new bad boy in in your A three thousand or A four thousand, and you can just go to town doing all that stuff that the Buster does. I will say we like Dave Haney. Yeah, uh, of course that was. Your famous interview with uh, with Dave mm-hmm. uh, from uh, la- from this year, I almost said last year, uh, and uh, God, that seems like so long ago. It does. We say it that does. every week, but that that seemed like a thousand years ago since you interviewed him. Uh, and so, and we know he's a brilliant guy, free, obviously friend of the community, big player. And uh, so, hey, I, we'll just wait and see what he does. I know he's looking for some schematics. So clearly, whatever he's up to, he's he's just at the, the at the beginning of it mm-hmm. but uh he's a genius Stay tuned. So, I, i'm, I'm yeah. sure we're gonna we're gonna have more news about that coming coming soon i would wager so yeah speaking of coming soon aaron there is a new not a new there is a uh a new expo coming up i just said it's new again it's not new it's been going on for years it's world of commodore 2020 aaron world and of it's commodore. coming your way it is this Saturday, <laughs> December 5th, 2020, via Zoom and YouTube. This thing is running oh, wow. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Of course, it's virtual this year. Um, and uh, if you want to check out the Toronto Pet Users Group in the show notes, you can uh, you can see uh, what uh, you know all the different presentations. Uh, we got Chris Abbott, who is uh, going to be uh, who is uh, a big part of the music scene, is going to be uh, you know presenting. But of course, the star of the show, right in the heart, 2 p.m., that coveted 2 p.m. time slot, the one and only 10 mark, Douglas Compton, is doing a presentation on 80 column business software. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, Doug is the man for this sort of work, man. This, if ever, if ever he was born for a purpose, it was to talk about 80 column business software on the Commodore 128. I don't know if you've been watching his most recent, uh, chicken lips chronicles where he's uh, he got a that bunch name of- kind of grosses me out so i never watch those videos. yeah well yeah it, it's not the best but uh he's been toying with uh i've been i've been learning via his uh show about the the uh commodore 64 and the 128 and its 80 column abilities i mm-hmm. you know we didn't have that kind of stuff on the uh, coco at least i'm sure curtis will chime in here in a second well, like, i, oh, yeah, I, I truly believe that that is the thing that stopped, you know, uh, that, that, that put- head chronicles. Sorry, Doug. <laughs> Chicken lips is a much worse name. <laughs> Where did I get that? <laughs> but I really think the lack of 80 column support was the death knell for, I mean, you know, there were, there were all kinds of ways around it, you know, half res modes and, and, you know, stand other carts and things you could slide in. But the thing is, you know, if you're a business, you're going to want as many columns as you can get for those spreadsheets, and that's what the that's what the PC gave you. You know, the Apple II, the Apple IIe had the had a had an expansion board that you could slot in, but that was something that like at least like the folks at Atari, like there was no real way to do that out of the box. So yeah, 
Well, I will say, like I said, if you uh, just a little side uh, news note, uh, if you happen, if you're in a Commodore 64 and a 128, uh, Doug has put out some really interesting stuff. Like I said, I'm not into them, frankly, but I mean, I, it's still interesting to watch. Uh, him tinker with this stuff and 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 try to get it to work and the monitors he had one where it wouldn't display pro- it, it's that the 80 column was screwing up and he had to go and try to kind of figure out what was going on i found it pretty interesting uh myself of course i'm mm-hmm. a, kind of a tech head so if you're into that check out doug but yeah this looks good it's a shame that they have to have all this stuff virtual but at least it looks like they're gonna have a good show but may have to uh kick in and look at some of this stuff uh boaster might be yeah, kind man. of fun that's Absolutely. coming up tomorrow that's right? tomorrow tomorrow all right there you go All right, Aaron. And our final story this week, there is a new uh, gadget that you can use. You can use a Raspberry Pi Uh to make a uh, go-between between your Amiga and an HDMI monitor. So you can get HDMI output through a dongle and a Raspberry Pi. So all you need is a Raspberry Pi Zero, a micro SD card, a mini HDMI adapter, and some HDMI extension to reach the outside of the computer case. That's all you need, except for I think you need some this this other thing too. You need like the special board that you probably don't know how to make. But um, if you have those things all together, uh, you can get. And I mean, this has got to be the cheapest way to get HDMI out of your of your Amiga possible. Because I mean, a Raspberry Pi Zero is five dollars. Five dollars. That's it. So, uh, if you're looking for a new way to get that the best quality signal you can out of your Amiga, and you've got a modern display to hook it up to, check this out. This is the uh, Copper Dragon Amiga Digital Video Project over on GitHub. This is quite a revelation. I, this is the first I've heard of this boaster, and uh, I like that. I'm going to definitely look into that uh, because that I'm telling you, God knows we know the pain of video output oh, yeah. on the Amiga and HDMI. You can't beat out. Yeah, that's. That's something to look into, Boat. More coming on that as I get into it a little bit more. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. All right, and that's going to do it. It's been a pretty good week for Amiga News. We want to thank uh, all the people that submitted stories to us over on Discord and, of course, our good buddy over at Indie Retro News for you know just an everlasting fountain of, of new game news. Absolutely. Thank you very much. All right, Aaron. Uh, it's time to get into it. Let's talk some Nick Faldo's Championship Golf. All right, man, Nick Faldo. Now, you know, we didn't really get into Nick himself. Are you, were you a fan of the Nickster back in the day? Were he, did you watch He wasn't his- really. I mean, like, I recognized the name, but yeah. uh, he wasn't really on my, on my... I didn't really start watching golf, I think, maybe until after he was sort of in his twilight yeah. years yeah. as a player. Yeah, you, you, you would be... It, well, he was pretty early for that's mm-hmm. for you. So, Nick, now, let's get into this straight away. Nick Faldo's Championship Golf. Uh, there are two versions of this, and we're going to sort of focus on one version, but I want to touch on the other one real quick. So uh, this game got two releases. Uh, it got a it got a release uh, on the OCS ECS Amigas uh, in 92, and that was developed by Arc Developments. Uh, and then it got a release in 94, on the CD32. Now, this is the one that me and Boat sort of focused on. Now, did you? We well, both no, no. I, I actually went back to the ECS OCS version. I didn't give up on this game. I tried them so, both. So we could chat I've about got, both. I've got though. a lot to say about both. Yeah, but so, uh, the of course, the uh, uh, CD32 came on the CD32, one, one CD. And you'll notice that I mentioned that these two have two different developers, Boat. I wonder, this is the second time this is that we've seen this, where we got two different developers for these. Uh, the developer for the uh, 
for the uh, original OCS ECS was uh, it was developed by Arc Developments. Arc has done a bunch of stuff on the Amiga and some real duds and some good stuff. They're all over the map. Uh, they went from the highs of R-Type 2 to the low, low, desolate lows of WWF European Rampage, which was just the dirt worst. They've did a bunch of other stuff, some arcade stuff, Dragon Breed, Forgotten Worlds. So they had done a bunch of stuff. And uh, uh, you had a different outfit doing the one for the CD32, which was Images Software. Now, they didn't do that much on the Amiga. They did Chips Challenge, Shadow Dancer, and Space Gun. So it is the, odd to me. Were those, because, oh, I, what, I, what I was curious about, were those all CD32 games? They no. Oh, no. okay. I didn't know um, if maybe they just got in, you know, for the CD32 in particular. You know, the what I think's odd about this, and we won't dwell on the diff, the, the two different. Well, I mean, we'll have to talk about the differences because there are differences. Oh, I'm going to talk a ton about it because yeah, I spent I just as much I'm, time talking, you know, doing both. Right, but I guess what I'm, I wanted to start off with, both, and I'm going to toss this right over to you is for for the this being effectively the same game. It's pretty different in, yes. in in a lot of ways, isn't it, Boat? Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't you why don't you because you actually played Nick Faldo way way back, so you have you were you were more intimate with the original. I was tell us about how these games are the same and how they're different, Boat. Okay, so graphically, the CD thirty two version looks a little bit better. I think that the, there is a slight facelift in the in the CD thirty two version. Uh, this is still very much a 16-bit golf game. I mean, you you really see a, a change once you get over into the PlayStation era of, of golf games where things start to look really a lot better. Uh, but this definitely is a step above, you know, the C64 golf games. And you can't say that about a lot of Amiga golf games. Like, I've played almost every golf game on the Amiga, and there are some that you could put on a C64 and nobody would know. So this thing looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. Um, the... Uh, what this game does is it is pretty bare bones in terms of, you know, the options when you start, you know, you, you, you have two courses to choose from. You can choose the season that you play in, which is kind of neat. Not, you know, not every game offers that. Yeah. Um, you get to choose your caddy um, and, uh, and <laughs> yes, you, choose, you, you choose the clubs that are in your bag and away you go. Now, an option that a lot of people miss is the option to choose whether or not you want to play as an amateur. Do you know anything about this, Aaron? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. So tell me about the what's the difference between the amateur and the pro? Well, you can effectively, you can mulligan every hole. Exactly. Uh, which, uh, that's that's a little much. And what, uh, not to well, you, jump Not, not every screen. hole, you can mulligan every shot. Every shot, yeah. And and so what this means is, when you play uh, with the amateur on, because I, 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 at first I didn't use it because I didn't see the button there. You know, I will say the interface in this needs work, but we'll get to that. But I hit the button, and I, what I thought I would get was like help with club selection, something like that. That's what that's usually what you get. Mm-hmm. But this, it just lets you mulligan every single shot you take, even when they're good shots, even when you sink the ball. Right, you can mulligan it. Right, and so what that and, ends up doing is getting irritating. Well. Yes and no. I mean, it's the ultimate way to practice this game because yeah. if if you know if you want to practice a putt and even if you sink it, you're like, well, I'm still not sure exactly what I did. Let me try that one more time. It's perfect. So not a lot of games offer that. Now, what would have been great is some sort of in between thing where maybe you could turn that off but still keep the ability to mulligan because it is sort of annoying when you sink a putt to have to choose. Have you but, ever seen a game that gives you that 
I've never yeah. seen a single golf game where you can mulligan every single shot in the game. There's a lot of things in this game that I've never seen in another yeah, golf game. Yeah, that, that's, that's a weird choice. I wonder if uh, Nick was on out the course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I don't wonder know. he's so worn out. Using the old hand wedge. I've been known to do that from time to time. So uh, this game, the I'm going to talk about the ECS OCS version first. Okay. Okay. So the way that you select a shot in this game, okay, is that you're you're on the course and you've got a cursor in front of you, a little white cross-shaped cursor. Okay, so you put that wherever you want it. Okay, but in addition to that, you can also choose where you aim. So you can click left or right, and that will aim you. Now, this is one of these games, and this is just endemic to the software, is that it's got to load, you know. So now, in like leaderboard, where it draws the scene in, you know, in, in that sort of leaderboard-esque way, which I don't even know if the Amiga version did that or if it was the tape versions, but that's always what I think about when I think about golf scenes loading, is that it draws from the back forward. But it does take some time. And when you do that, you also have to reset all of your other stuff. It's like the whole thing resets itself. Um, so once you once you get into place, the next thing you have to do is you have to choose the amount of power that you want to use on your shot. Now, what a lot of golf games do is they combine your power and into the swing meter. So the further out, you know, you the swing meter goes up is how hard you hit the ball. That's not the way Nick Faldo works on the ECS OCS. The way it works here is that you've got, and you're not going to see this if you're watching the VA version yeah. because we're watching the CD32 version, but there's a red bar that you can actually move up and down with the mouse to control how hard you want to hit the ball, you know, 100%, 70%, whatever. And so what you have to do is you have to do some mental math because you've got your, your you've got your club lengths that are in the, uh, in the manual. And so if you can hit the driver 300 yards... Well, you know, if I only hit it, you know, 90, if I hit it 90%, how many yards is that going to take me out and all this stuff? Now, the good news is that it does give you pretty precise control over where you hit it as long as you do the rest of the stuff right, which is what we're going to get to next. So after you select, oh, and one more thing about this bar, in a way, this is one of the more realistic golf games that's ever been made. And I'll tell you why. Well, there's a couple reasons, but one is that if you're really playing golf, you can't hit a driver with a with a with a half swing. You know, you can't really even hit a driver with a three quarter str- a swing. A driver, all your woods are pretty much you're hitting them as hard as you can because of the way the club is designed. Um, when you hit with irons, you can take three quarter swings. You can take half swings and still get a good shot. And this game knows that, and so you can't you can't hit a driver at fifty percent. Now, in a game like Turf Masters, you totally can. You just ratchet it up 50% and hit it. So in a way, this is this is a much more realistic simulation of golf. Also, the way that you hook and slice the ball. Okay, so let's go on to the, the actual swing meter itself. So picture, if you will, in your mind, uh, a, a long rectangular bar, and it's cut up into two shaded sections. The first shaded section is on the left side. The second shaded section, which is I'm making my own tongue twister here, is on the right side. And that one is various uh, lengths depending on the club. OK, the first shaded section is your what's called the wrist snap. OK, and this is supposed to give you extra length on your club. So you hit the mouse button. You immediately have to hit the mouse button again to get the wrist snap. And then you've got to hit the mouse button two more times within the second shaded section to hit the ball straight. OK, OK. If it sounds complicated, 
it is. It's it's very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what makes the game extra hard is the second shaded section is very small. You have to do some the Brent level clicking with your mouse in terms of speed to get a shot off without hooking or slicing with the driver. Even at a 90% shot, it's still impossible for me to do it. Now, um, now you can compensate for this a little bit by shifting your stance, but not nearly enough. So what the game turns into is that you end up having to use the irons for everything because the irons are easier to hit. Now, as somebody who plays golf in real life, again, this is accurate. This is accurate to the game of golf. It's much, much easier to hit a seven iron straight than it is to hit a driver straight. That's just the mechanics of the game. So again, this is a realistic this is a realistic thing. However, do you want that much realism in your golf game? And no. the Amiga community resounded with a definite no because when the CD32 version of this game appeared, that whole system was gone. They yeah. replaced it with a system that's very similar to any golf game where you have a power meter, it comes back and if you know your second click is going to be to the left or the right of the sweet spot, your hooker slice. Now, even in the CD32 version of the swing meter, it's still ultra sensitive. You can still yeah. hooker slice. There's no there's no mercy in this no. in the swing meter. I've never hooked or sliced so much at a golf game. I was, I was, <laughs> it's hard. It's, you can I mean, go left. Yeah. You're going left and too. right down the court all or yeah. down the course all the time. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. Putting in this game, on the other hand, is quite easy. The putting system in this game it actually is like, I found it quite easy to, to sink long putts all the time. Basically, you just line your shot up. You've got a, a, a generic circular meter. You fill it up with about as much as you think it'll go, and it usually goes in. Uh, you know, putting, it's like they felt bad that they made the, uh, the, the other club so difficult. So they made the putting part pretty easy. Yeah. The approach I, I found just to get to the ECS version before we move on the, uh, um, that meter. First of all, have you ever seen a game that you set the power like that? And no. I don't think I've ever well, seen that in my life. And, that, and, and it took it, me a while to figure out I had to get the docks. I was like, what am I doing here? You know? Right. Right. And all it's the one of these things. It's one of these things where because I just didn't understand it, I you know I would always because you always start out with the driver and I would try and move that that gauge up and down and I can only go ninety percent and I'm like is the game broken because yeah. I was watching somebody play in the C sixty four version and you can move that gauge all the way down but again I just it actually came to me as I was talking to Pix on on Discord earlier today that the, depending on the club you use is the percentage that you can move that bar up and down so the longer your irons when you get down to the wedges you can move it down to like twenty percent. Yeah, it's it's the the ECSOCS version. I mean, I agree with you. You probably you probably have or you certainly have more control over your shots in terms of on your stroke and your power. It's way more. It's you've got a very finite level, but the flip side of it is it's painfully difficult. Yeah. I, and you're and and everything you said, I agree with, including the putting. Because I what well, here's what I think happened. I think when they got to the putting, they realized, oh my god. People are going to be, they're going to be going nuts trying to get here. Let's not make this difficult because if you look uh, on at the putting on the greens, the greens I've never found the greens to be super difficult. And and what you have to do is is when you start putting is on the little gauge that fills up. One thing I learned quick is that that thing is super. I mean, I always tried to under hit because it seemed like that you could really crush the ball. If you let that thing go up to us, so anytime I thought I, I, I'd look at the gauge and think, okay, I need to go about halfway, then I would hit it about 
uh, two notches below halfway and I would get it in. And the ball does seem to have like whole radar. I didn't have a lot of hangers. They usually mm-hmm. would go in, yeah, you know, uh, but the approach, the approaches were just brutal. And I had a head. Now I will say, could I get par? Yeah. Occasionally were there holes where I would have eight strokes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, were there holes that I went under par? No, <laughs> I don't think yeah. I'm not sure. It's I really ever hard. Went it's really par. hard to hit under par, uh, especially like if you're playing the ECS OCS version because you're so limited. Unless you just have those magic quick fingers and you can hit that driver, you're you're limited. For example, like the 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 shortest club I could hit was the seven iron. Like I couldn't go yeah. down because it, it basically the four, five, and six are all the same length in the in the shaded box. Uh, the seven iron was the first where I could actually double click fast enough to get the shot off without hooking or slicing. Let me, let me ask you a question. Now, the CD32 version of this has the, has the two courses. It's mm-hmm. got, and I should mention what the courses are here. I've got it written down here. So the courses that are, these are real courses, I think. The Royal Palms and the Cheswick National. Okay, these are the courses on, on CD32 version. And I know the Palms is on the uh, on the OCS ECS. Uh, where I don't, where there only is there was there just one course on the OCS? I think there was just the one course. What's on that uh, one? I don't, and I think I'm pretty sure because it always defaulted me to that one. I don't recall having the ability I, to. You switch. know, that's a great question. I can't recall right offhand because the the two versions of the game, aside from the mechanics, sort of blend themselves together for me. So I I will let's move it on to that. I mean, are you, you got anything else to say about the, the uh, OCS version? We'll move on to the CD32 version. Well, actually, yes. The one thing okay. that I noticed, and I don't know if this is because of the way that WHD works, but I found the loading times to be less on the ECS OCS version than the CD32 version. Now, I'm using emulation, so take that with a huge grain of salt. But I, I thought that was interesting. I of course, I will say I played this on the Amiga. Um the uh, uh, I thought the differences as as we go into the C three two version. I thought the differences graphically were pretty striking. Actually, mm-hmm. I thought the uh, the uh, AGA C three two version was a lot. Well, just looked better. Yeah, it, better resolution. Uh, it uh, um, the, the uh, it it had better animation for the golfer. It looked good, mm-hmm. but I mean, it sure. wasn't like. It wasn't a quantum leap. Like if you're no, but OCS I agree version, with you. It, do, it does look markedly better for yeah. sure. This is not one of those typical AGA enhancements that you get with Amiga. This right, game right. really looks better. Now, uh, let's get to the nitty gritty here. Uh, when you when you go, what are the differences play wise? Well, boat went over a lot of here, but just to go into it a little bit more, the control mechanism on this it really is like a, a. This shows you how much you can change a golf game just by fiddling with the little gizmo. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because it's well, that 100 percent of a golf game is the gizmo. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's the golf game. Uh, in this one, like boat said, you've got the uh, you've got the bar, and you and you hit the button. You, 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 there's this one has the wrist snap. This one, you the shot power, it's all in the one single bar mm-hmm. with the hooker slice. Uh, if you click before or after the perfect zone, uh, that where you're supposed to click yeah. to get to hit the shot, it's it's, it's a two click meter, right? Uh, I found this easier, obviously, than the ECS OCS, but this still was no walk in the park. I, th- I still had trouble. I was I hooked a lot of shots. I, I have to say, I really did, and it was. It was driving me nuts, and I will say you've got one thing these games have is that you get to pick your caddy. I wanted to get in this before I forgot. I usually went with Fanny, the the chick caddy, because I know like that's her an accent. expletive in in England. Really? Yeah, yeah. No we kidding. think we think about that as being like one of the most innocent words, but it's like 
It's it's an Uno word over there. Yeah, but she was a British girl in the game. No, I don't think so. I don't think she was. Was she? British? She was. She had a British accent. <laughs> Trust That's me, weird. I know. Okay. I played with her a lot. But uh, uh, there was another guy. I think it was Bill. What? So these caddies were. They all were jerks. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I'm he, glad that you thought that too. Your caddy is not there to tell you how much you suck. Your caddy is there to encourage you. And when you hit a good shot to tell you good shot, not in this game, in this no. game, they're on you all the time. They never, you, they're relentless, yeah. relentless jerks. I didn't think, and I thought Fanny was easier to deal with than the other caddy, but that, but that could, I mean, like, I think it was Bill. He was the ultimate jerk caddy. Mm-hmm. He was You're going to have to break out the machete. You yeah, know. that, uh, boy, yeah. yeah. And also, you get sick of hearing that crap over and over, especially when you're in the rough for the 50th time. It's like, that was a good, that was a rough shot. Her, right. hearty, har, har. Uh, and but, when you uh, hit a good shot, like when you hit it straight down the fairway, dead silence. They yeah. say nothing. So. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Now, this game has, and both of them had this, but this this game has uh, some interesting things that I like. Uh, if you're on the main shot page, you can move your uh, you can move your cursor to the left or right, and it's got and he's got the fold out sides. Yeah, that's a cool way to do this. I boat. like that. I like, I like that. that. I like the fact that you can see you could always have a look at the map where mm-hmm. you're at on the map. It also had the wind direction and the ball lie, and the, the lie actually was telling in this because it would have different pictures of what your the kind of grass you were in or the kind of surface you were on or sand or whatnot, which is cool. And then if you whip out the other blade on the left side, it just had all your club selections, which is also cool. So that that's a thumbs up for me. Here's what I didn't like. The, uh, the little cursor you move around... Uh, it's always a little arrow until it's until you get it to a certain point where it turns into a little like gauge. And that's yeah, when it's you context would, sensitive. It drove me nuts because I kept for one thing. Anytime the gauge is on the screen, I would I would I would go over and try to click the gauge. Mm. I did a it just I didn't like that that much. I I I, I mean it's not the worst, but I didn't like it. Also, the little little uh, crosshairs you've got. They didn't really. Te- they didn't. I wouldn't say they're the best for aiming. Yeah, I don't really. I don't understand. This, the, that part of things was a little bit because it's like you can aim your guy with the two arrows at the top, right. but then you've also got the crosshairs. And I, sometimes I was unsure about which was doing what. Well, here's my thing: we we both we both have played uh, leaderboard a lot, right? And world class leaderboard has a system where you can of aiming that's way better than this one. Mm-hmm. It, the arrow parts are the same, but the aiming the the little square. I mean, it just that thing is just. Um, it's just low rent. I just didn't mm-hmm. like the little lacrosse here. I didn't like mm-hmm. it. And yeah. it, even and even when you're putting, something else is just sort of hard to get it to go where you want it to go. It's like real touchy. Mm-hmm. You know, did you have yeah. that problem I with did. it? I, I, I had that. That was probably one of the weaker parts of the game. You know, once yeah. we get into the CD32 version with the more modern, uh, you know, gauge, that crosshair, I was hoping that would be one of the things that they kind of. And know, they put kept it. Yeah, yeah, they kept that one. How much did you fiddle with the stance? And the uh, and the uh, ball the the back spin and and well I didn't spin. I didn't I didn't do anything with the uh, I think that what the B and T is is how far you are uh, uh, you know where you are in relation to the ball as you're standing over it I'm not sure oh no I guess it maybe it is back spin and top spin I, I got to be mm-hmm. honest with you I I can't remember but yeah what I did mess with was the stance because I noticed is I in my quest to hit the driver straight, I was like, well, maybe if I, you know, put a little fade in my stance, if I, if I open up a little bit, then I can compensate and you get a little bit of compensation, but not nearly enough to correct the problems that I was having hitting the driver. I I also fiddle with the stance. uh, And 
it I wasn't one hundred percent sure exactly, and I don't, I'm not a big enough golf fan to to sit here and say, oh, here's the problem. You need to you know move your front foot forward or mm-hmm. or open it up. I, the the manual had some stuff on that, but I didn't necessarily. It didn't do anything for me, so eventually I just stopped fooling with it. I'll be honest with you. Um, so, but basically, what I found yeah. was that if I hit seven iron, then I could get on the green and I could either get par or bogey as long as like nothing went incredibly, incredibly wrong, or if the wind didn't pick up and I forgot to look at the wind and it blew me all over the place. But like, I found that it was it was this game wasn't too much of a challenge to do okay at but the problem was is that i wasn't playing the game that they designed because obviously you don't design a golf game for a player to only be able to use the seven uh, the seven iron and the pitching wedge and the putter which is all that i was using you want the game you want the player to be able to use all the clubs and when the player can't physically hit the ball with you know that's a big problem were you were you using the seven iron strictly on the basis that it was easier to get a good swing than it was with the driver? Yeah, because I could hit it yeah. straight. You know, yeah. I could hit it L- straight. Listen, I I didn't do that. I did. I will say I've never used my wedges as much as I did in this game. If I was anywhere near the, I would, because I, I was scared to use other clubs, mm-hmm. like you said. Uh, but I again, I never hooked so much. This game is punishing if you don't hit that bar, that little uh, sweet spot perfectly. It does just sort of hook or it, yeah. it just it crushes you. And it's like it, a one pixel wide line that you yeah, have to hit. It perfectly. is tough. Mm-hmm. It's super tough to get in there uh, and to and to do it. But I still, you know, uh, uh, all that said, uh, I thought the I thought the game's presentation was OK. I thought the uh, the the uh, the options I like when you put your your bag together. That was kind of mm-hmm. neat, mm-hmm. although sort of pointless because you've got, yeah. you know, uh, the games that do that and a lot of a lot of computer games golf games do and a lot of console games golf games do too i never understood maybe you really just have to get up into the upper echelon because really if you play in in computer golf there's there's reasons for this to do this in real golf because one irons and two irons are just almost impossible to hit and so what you want to do is it, it, unless you're at, at, the, at the highest level, you're going to want to use some hybrid clubs or you're going to want to use like the three wood and the five wood and maybe even a seven wood or something, something in between. Like a, And and so I can understand why you'd want to do that in real life. But it, in in a golf game like this, like it's just as easy to hit a, a, a one iron as it is a four iron. So why would you why would you not want to just pick the clubs that gave you all the distances? I, I wonder why, you know, something else this didn't have that I couldn't figure out was now, of course, if you get the manual, first of all, the, this is another game where the manual is, if you're not a, like a hardcore golfer, the manual is a must because it yeah. does list the, the distances in there, which, of course, I had to go look. Yeah. I, you know, I had a decent idea, but I, my memory is not the best. Uh, but uh, uh, why don't why don't I have like that kitty, uh, uh, you know, uh, difficulty? Fanny? You know, I mean, oh, like, I thought you example, were talking about your caddy when giving you the club links. Well, now why don't you just have like a version of this where they they win to shut off and they and they tell you the club they automatically pick the club you want. That's just sort of easy. I mean, it's sort of something you would expect at least till you get your because this is such a difficult game to play. You really need. Yeah, to I mean, but you've you got to look at the you got to look at the time period this game was released in. I mean, no golf games did that. That wasn't until much later when you. Well, as I recall, leaderboard would 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 give you the get club that it would recommend your next club. It would it would set you on the club you were supposed to use. Would they? You know, so okay. I, maybe I I'll have so. to go back. Okay. So, uh, because I mean, I it's hard to remember what all those clubs' links are. Uh, you know, of course, I didn't get to play this multiplayer or anything like that. 
but I mean, you know, these golf games, it all comes down to the gizmo and, and how it looks and how it plays. And overall, I thought it was okay. Would this be the game I would go back to? I'm like you. I didn't like this as much as PGA. I didn't like this as much as I'm trying to think. Of, I, I, I thought this was better than Sim Golf. Yeah, I didn't have to be not, that. That didn't like that, but uh, I I would put this in sort of the midland range of, of the golf games I've played on the Amiga. Now, like I said, I think it runs as a good clip, and it does. It's not without its uh, charm, but mm-hmm. I mean overall, I I would. It didn't do it for me. It just when you continuously suck. It's hard. now again. If we'd played this for weeks and weeks, and we maybe we'd gotten a little bit better, but well, I that, just didn't. It wasn't fun to me to hit the gizmo. It was that's, frustrating. That's the thing is that I wouldn't get any better at this game. Like, there's no way that I can physically increase the speed of my double click on the yeah. mouse, and so I would never be able to play the ECS OCS version the way it was intended. Now, could I have gotten better at the CD32 version? Yeah, probably, probably. It, um, I think it's worth talking about what makes this game and you know computer golf games in general different than their console contemporaries because as we're getting into 94 here you know we're well into the 16-bit era we're 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 knocking on the playstation era uh and you know there are a couple things that just really really bug me about playing pretty much every golf game on the amiga one is that the loading times are really annoying you know when you're used to playing on the arcades, a game like Turf Masters, but really any console game and the loading times are just instant. You know, if you if you screw up a shot, you're ready to go right away. You're not watching your golfer fade into the blackness as the next scene loads. And that's really annoying. They got really old really quick. Another thing is the uh, the lack of background music. I mean, what are we doing here on the CD32 with the freaking Red Book audio and all that stuff? Why do we not have the Nick Faldo theme at least being an option? The opening theme of this game is great. It's my kind of music. I want to hear that. You know, Um, you don't get any option And the sound effects in this game are ultra weak. You get like once every couple minutes, you get some sort of like, uh, you know, like, you know, unholy squawk from some bird of unknown origin. It's it really, it takes you out of the experience and it makes you not want to play the game anymore. Not to mention, then you hear your caddy, you know, chiming in with, with their lovely voice sample. So that's where this game really falls short. Those two things, the load times and the lack of background music and the, the sound effects. Now I will say, uh, having played this off the WHD load, I don't know if they if they if this thing had CD music and it was ripped out or not. I don't know personally, uh, so I can't I, that I can't say. I, it is funny that because of the guy that did the music for this is actually a guy that we uh, uh, that we've seen plenty of times. His name was uh, Matthew Simmons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did he did the music on Agony, which I you know I like that Chuck mm-hmm. Rock, uh, Dizzy. And the Micro Machines game, he did a bunch of the Dizzy games. So he, this guy's got, to, and like you said, the opening tune is good. But I, I asked, does this have CD audio? I read, but I don't know. Yeah, like, it's, it's always hard to tell with CD thirty two stuff. Yeah, unless you're doing it on the real thing. I agree. It's sort of a moot point for a modern Amiga player because that's what we've got. Mm-hmm. And so unless you have the disc for this, you're pretty much you're pretty much stuck with what's in there. Mm-hmm. That didn't buy. I don't mind not having music for golf game to be honest with you because I kind of like. I wish it had more background noise. Occasionally, like you hear something splash when you get near the water. I mean, it wasn't completely devoid of noise, but no. Well, it, that's the thing. Like it was just enough to be annoying in my mind. Like I would rather it be just like you hear, just you know, sort of like 
woodland sounds like pretty much nonstop or at least once every five or 10 seconds. But this was like once every minute and a half, you'd hear just some sound and you'd be like, holy cow, what's going on? You know, like yeah. it was just really jarring. Now, I've got up here, Boat, uh, you you also played another golf game this week and it's up uh, to watch on our YouTube channel. And that was the uh, Irem Skims game skins game uh, on the super nintendo and you played these to sort of compare and contrast right what, what were your thoughts yeah so this game came out in 1992 so this game came out at the same time as the ecs ocs version of of nick faldo and uh the you know the, the skins game is it's it's just a better game it's a more evolved golf game than than 92 version of nick faldo's golf i mean they'd already established you know what has become the standard swing meter um you know irem of course very famous japanese arcade i'm sure that this is based off of a uh, arcade property um but you could see just how much more evolved the console games were in the golf space than on the computers and um you know it, it's unfortunate because uh i was i was looking at this and I w- i'd never heard of this game i did I, I in fact i don't remember ever playing any golf on the super nintendo at all um and uh when i fired this up i was like holy cow i mean this is like you know eight tenths of turf masters which is like you know the greatest golf game of all time so i was pleased to find this but you know if this is just another one of those nail in the coffins for the people that were holding on to their computers. You know, when, when you when you see an experience like this on a console, you're like, well, maybe it's time to jump ship. You know, console golf games are and including Turf Masters. They they it's it's sort of a different. I, 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 you know, I don't want to say it's arcade versus simulator. Because it's, well, it's not. not. Because, yeah, it's not. It, 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 there's, uh, it's, there are less choices to make, but the choices that you have in a game like Faldo are dumb choices. So. Right. Well, and also, I mean, this, of course, is, uh, I'm not going to say this is the quintessential PC golf game, but the one thing that Irem has here, and, and some of the better console golf games are, they remember that it's supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. And not, and they try to make it less painful to do things, you know. And I, and I do appreciate. That. I actually had a go at. I had a round of of uh, skins game, and it, I thought it was really good. I was surprised. I I'd not played this one before, so that was a good find, boat. And I think comparing these two, given the time frame, is is uh, it's appropriate to see what was going on in the consoles while the while we were and what we were doing on the PC. I think of the two, I would I would probably go back to skins game before I would play uh, before I would play fall though. But there you go. Uh, so, let's look at this game's uh, uh, reviews here. I had a look to see how they did. Now, on the CD32, which again, this is the one I focused on, uh, it got decent reviews. It's funny, I looked at the back of this box, boat. I don't know if you saw the actual box for Nick Faldo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the back of the box, it has, these, it has this line of gold coins with these ratings in it. It's like 9 out of 10, 9 out of 10, like, hey... I don't know where these came from. I could, <laughs> I couldn't read them. It was too the pictures was too blurry, but I can tell you what the it, what it uh, received uh, uh, on the actual uh, on the actual magazine. So a lemon gives the CD32 version of this thing a, a seven point five nine. Now here's have have we ever heard of this magazine boat Amiga Down Under? Have you ever no. heard of that one? It, yeah, what's well, here? Yeah, uh, it must be from uh, Vietnam. Yeah, Amiga Down Under gave this an eighty. Amiga Format gave it an 82. Amiga Joker gave it an 80. Uh, Amiga Power gave it an 88. Do you see a, a trend here? Yeah. See, see, Amiga gave it an 83, and the one gave it a 90%. Uh, 
that was that's your uh, ECS or that's your uh, CD32 version. Now, I also had a look at, just to see how the uh, how the uh, how it fell for the other one, uh, the for the OCS ECS. It got a seven point five seven on Lemon, and it got better scores I think across the board than the CD32 version had. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, keeping in mind this came out uh, you know a couple years earlier, right? But uh, not the, I'm not going to read all these, but basically I'm looking at upper upper 80s and the end of the 90s for the most part on this. Well, one. Well, it seems like from the scores that you read on the other one, they they both got you know upper 80s and 90s for the majority. You know, I right. think that this, this is this one the original scored a little higher, but I would I would say that I would recommend the CD32 version a lot more. Then I would recommend uh, that I would recommend that. Yeah, one. unless you really want to, unless you really want a, a challenge, and maybe the, I'd like to see the Brent try this one because he's the fastest finger around here to see yeah. if he can get the, that double click in that box. But so, you know, this is a game that I don't hate. You know, like there are there are several you know sort of major flaws in it, but this is a game that that drew me back time after time over the course of the week because I just. First of all, I love golf games, so that has a lot to do with it. You know, if yeah. there's a, if there's a golf game, I'll play it. But another thing was, I just I was just kept thinking, there's got to be something more to it than this. And when I discovered about the power on the swing, and I just was physically unable to hit the driver, that was sort of the the end for me. There were two things I wanted to mention before we move on to the Discord reviews. Uh, if you're playing this on a CD32, I looked up the controls to see what they were because again, that really. You can use a joystick on the CD32 version without any problem. But just in case you've got a CD32 or you've got a CD32 controller hooked up, uh, you've got the other buttons. So your main button, it just does all your work. But the other buttons have the world's wackiest options. One of the buttons turns sound on and off. One of them, this is one we could have used, turns the caddy on and off. Oh, yeah. I like the fact that they've mapped that to one of the main buttons. <laughs> one of the buttons swaps you into cpu control so if you don't want to dig yourself out of that sand let the computer do it for you interesting yeah one of them this is a dangerous one takes you back to the main menu but the one i want to talk about was your upper left if you're playing this on the cd32 if you hit that button you will switch to mouse control i'll i will say boat did all of his cd32 play with mouse and i used my joystick for all mine so there, uh, I can tell you from using the joystick that I'd rather use the mouse <laughs> to mm. beat that first hand. But it's still something to think about uh, when you get this. The other thing I want to mention real quick, and I'll just because we hadn't discussed it, is, is getting caught in the rough or in sand. It, how many times did you swing that freaking club and not move a bit? Right, because right. it is not easy to get out of uh, the rough, especially get out of sand. Yeah, one and of the things is, that one of the things that Pix told me about is that you really he he's owned this game since day one. You know, he was first in line to get on, get on board with the Faldo. Yeah, and uh, and he he, he 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 told me that it was very important to broaden your stance in the sand, which I I didn't know. I neglected to read that part. Oh, good tip, good tip. Mm. Uh, but do we get any Discord action? on this we did in fact we got a review right here from the one and only pixels of dawn he says uh why do you even need to play the game when you can just pour yourself a drink and chill out to the menu music i agree but seriously i was a fan of faldos in my teens so of course i own the big box version of this game they really tried hard to differentiate themselves from other golf games which adds to the simulation feel but unfortunately mostly just makes it too hard Clubs all have their own difficulty. Stance is really important for hand, handling bunkers for the first time ever. And the swing meter is unique. 
It's doable in amateur mode with a bit of practice. You're even giving bigger hit zones and infant mulligans. Why is that not the default? But even then, I had to rediscover my old two-handed mouse technique to successfully drive. He described this to me. He would hold the mouse in a in a in sort of a, a stationary position with his right hand and then put his left finger over the mouse button and then hit the mouse button with his left finger. How about that, huh? Wacky. Wacky. Um this is not a game for the faint of heart, but it does look decent and I still enjoy playing it, even if it's a little quiet out on the course. And how many golf games let you play on Mars? That's one thing that we forgot to mention. If you type in the code Major Tom on the menu screen, you're taken off to a, a red shaded course that looks like you're playing on the surface of Mars. You're the the graph or the, the gravity is all messed up and your caddy is turned into a fish, which I, I think I would enjoy a fish caddy much more than any of the ones supplied to me in the normal game. I agree. Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, writes, A herm, firm, yawn. Now show me the way to the 19th. Wow. And that's going to do it for the uh, the Discord reviews this week. There you go. I will say to close shop up on this, I did have a look on eBay, but if you want to pick this bad boy up, uh, plenty of good uh, Nick Faldo boxes still available out there. Uh, If you're in the UK, you're laughing. Uh, you can get these boxed eight bucks for the discs all day long with the disc and box. Mm. If you want the CD32 version in the UK, uh, you're looking at somewhere in the ballpark of 23 US buckery dues, Boatster. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we've got a couple other things to talk about today, and we got a package in the mail. Little Amigos unboxing time. Oh, well, it's you talk about, I've got a letter here. I've got a letter right here. All right. Talk about. Uh, well, uh, no, well, I mean, is, did this letter go with the package that I picked up from from you? The oh, other. Oh no, year? no, no. This I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Bo. Let's talk about that first. <laughs> okay. So uh, this comes to us from uh, listener David Z. Uh, David Z, a great supporter of the uh, Amigos podcast and all its various forms. Um, and inside, I've got a. Um, this is a. Wow. Yeah. This looks like something that I'd put together, uh, you know, is like, like a Starship model kit. So uh, I don't know what Was this that is. Was printed? Yeah, it's 3D printed. Wow. So, that's, um, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool looking. So maybe Dave I'll be revealed master. if I dig deeper in here. Oh, yeah. Um, so coming up next, we've got some magazines, Aaron. Amiga Active. Oh, yeah. Amiga Active. Remember that one? Yeah, I've got a bunch of those over here. Yeah, Dave. Uh, Dave hit the mother load of magazines. He sent us a bunch of those. We're gonna give some of those away, but hopefully, yeah, a bunch of a bunch of Amiga Active magazines. Here's an Amiga Format, the world's best selling Amiga magazine. So, uh, yeah, uh, looking forward. I always love looking for through Amiga magazines, and I must say that after reading some of the British Amiga magazines, I'm gonna stick with the uh, the US ones, even though the British ones are more gaming focused. They're also more like 12 year old boy focused. And uh, these, which are more on the uh, utility side, at least I'll probably be able to read without throwing up. Oh um, my gosh, you're tough, both. So uh, we've also got, check this out, Aaron. This is L- the Lord of the Rings official game secrets. I remember playing the Lord of the Rings on a stream and it is one of the worst games that I've ever played in my life. Oh. Uh, and so uh, the Super oh, Nintendo geez. game, Lord of the Rings. So maybe with this strategy guide, I'll be able to finally conquer its secrets. So I'll is make that sure. What, is that the SNES Yeah, this is the guide? Super Nintendo version. So. I see. Very good. Oh, it actually says it includes the Super Nintendo version. So maybe there, there, there was an Amiga version too. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to read more. 
Okay, up next, this is The Book of Adventure Games 2 by Kim Shuette. And uh, this is, oh, this is a DM guide, Aaron. So this is, um, this is... Uh, really? I think. I don't, well, hold on a second. I don't know what this is, Aaron. I'm sorry. It's, hold it up <laughs> again, Boat. Let me see what that is. Yeah, it's it's just called The Book of Adventure Games, and it has a bunch of maps in it. Um, maybe this is like, uh, these are like old mainframe adventure games that have been ported to various systems. And these are the maps that go with it. Cause there, I mean, there are all these maps in here. And so maybe this is like, maybe Zork is in here or stuff like that. Oh yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is in here. This, that's what this is. So if you are into like old school text adventure games and you don't want to take the trouble to map this stuff out on your own, like me, this is, this, this sounds like a winner. I mean, this is this is exactly what this is. So I bet there's some cocoa stuff in here too, man. You never know. So keep on checking that out. Very good. All right, but we're not what to do. I like that's right. We're not done yet. Wrapped in a bubble wrap here, we've got a. um, Oh, this is the this is the thing that I've been waiting for here, and this is the A1000 GoTech mount with the OLED screen. No nice. more, no more segmented number pad for me. I'm all in on this thing, so uh, I will be hooking that up post haste. And next week, instead of the uh, Amiga 1000 that you see behind you disassembled, you will see it running fully with some something going on on the screen. So I may have thank to you, get David, one for of those, that because that's I've got the segmented screen and I put my uh, GoTech in sketchy tech style. If you know what I mean? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. everybody remembers wacky. the sketchy tech 1000. It's a legend. Oh yeah. All right, and uh, something very appropriate for me, getting the most from your Commodore 64. There you go. Well, you do have that PAL 64. Yeah, you, you, you know, it's funny. I've got it set up right here. and it, I I've see got that. Some, I've got some C64 games running in the background, too. So uh, looking forward to delving into that. And finally, Aaron, make sure there's nothing else in here. we got a couple other things. We've got uh, – this is the uh, – uh, oh, these are the oh yeah, these are the the memory module covers for the um for the A one thousand. So you know Beautiful. John Mar- or not John Marshall, sorry, uh, kilobytes and caffeine gave us that A one thousand, and it's missing the the memory module cap. Yeah. So I'll be able to snap that on there, and uh, no one will ever be the wiser. Nice, so, that's three D so, printed as well. He is the he's the king. Yeah, I've got a whole box of his work over here. And finally, Aaron, we've talked about this over and over again. This is the this is the the ultimate the rotating the rotary knob, Aaron. Who wants a rotary knob? I do. This is it for the uh, the GoTech. So very good. Thank you, David. Very awesome man, package from you. Dave set you up, my friend. Yeah, man. Thanks, Dave, for that. You know, but we also got a letter this week. Uh, in fact, here is the envelope. Let me switch it over to Still Store Cambot. There's uh, the envelope there to me. I guess I probably shouldn't show my address out there, but hey, there it is. Anyway, this is a letter from our good buddy uh, Craig Marshall, and I wanted to. Oh show, yeah, Craig I Marshall. To, I wanted to read a little bit of this, and here's the here's his letter here. Oh, and he's got a cool picture on the back. I just noticed that it's got a uh, it's got an IBM old school IBM on the back of his car. Oh man, nice. <laughs> I love that boat. Nice. Um, he says, "Greetings from Australia." Uh, I certainly enjoy what you lads do each week slash random days of uploads. That's true. I enjoy the Amiga stuff the most, uh, but as a lad that had a TRS-80, so I have a soft spot for that as well. Bit of exposure to the Sinclair and love the C64 action as well. Uh, He says, 
slowly but quickly have found myself back into the retroaction. Someone gave me a Commodore 286.16 boat, wow. uh, which was going to the tip, and it had California games on it. And just like that, I got the uh, pie set up and have been plowing through games like No Tomorrow. Sweet. I got an A1200. Now, get this. In parentheses, it says AGA is the blank. So he likes AGA boat. Uh, he got a C64. Is that what he meant? No, he loves it. Hmm. Got an Atari 2600 and television, a Mega Drive, and quite a few old Macs. Uh, and he has, uh, he goes on, he's a real nice letter here. I'm not going to read all of this on the air, but he does include something interesting here. Uh, let me find the bit where he talks about this. Uh, he got a few stickers in here. Uh, they were designed for the back of your car to replace those gaudy family stick figure stickers. Do you ever have any of those boat? I never got into those. No, no. Everyone's got them here. He goes, I had a bunch done. So let's look at these stickers. I'm going to hold them up boat. Uh, I haven't even looked at these at all. These look great. I don't know how these are going to show up on the camera. Uh, that is a, uh, if you can look, that's a Nintendo. See it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I see it. You've got a, uh, oh, this is nice, Boat. These are, uh, this is a Sinclair. See that? It's a, Z- it's a ZX. Yeah, man. These look great. Very oh, cool. Oh, man. Uh, this looks like a, um, this looks like a, a C64. Mm-hmm. You see it? You can barely, once you put these you, on the you car. Can't you can't really see, see these at all, but yeah. Here's a Coco. See the coca right there? It, 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 it looks cool. it looks like a white sheet of paper with some dots on it. But once oh, it's on your car, once it's on your car, it's it. going to be great. Here's an Atari 2600. See that with the little switches? And then lastly, he sent us a uh, either a C6020 or, or a VIC. A C64 or a VIC. So that's awesome, man. I appreciate that. And we will Thank definitely you, we'll definitely stick those on some stuff. Yeah, man. And thanks for sending us something from down under. And I'm also jealous of your uh, of your Commodore PC. Those are those are kind of neat. I always kind of wanted one of those boats. Yeah, yeah. Well, you had the hard drive, but you let it go. I had to make that bank, yo. I understand. I understand. All right, Aaron. Uh, coming up next on the show, we should probably delve into our community segment. You know, we've had several high score challenges end. And several begin. Mm. So, the uh, the the latest game that I uh, just closed was Hypersports. It closed last week, and uh, Z9 K9 overcame a field of champions to reign supreme with a score of two hundred seventy two thousand eight hundred fifty eight. So, congratulations to Z9 K9 for winning the Hypersports challenge. Our current challenge, which is round 13, Chase HQ, Aaron. This closes Sunday, December 13th. Uh, This is when I'm going to have to jump in here and and get a score in because I love me some Chase HQ. We played both these on the show. Uh, well, that, yeah, that's day. that's what they're doing is they're going through yeah. all the old episodes and, and oh, I see the, the high score challenges off there. So we sucked at Chase Cube uh, boat, as I recall. We were horrible at that game. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a hard game, especially <laughs> yeah, when you're when you suck. Uh, so we Frank, we thank Frodo and L for uh, for setting this up and running the R Sinclair Specky High Score Challenge uh, on the Amiga side. Just opened uh, today, Aaron Galactic, the Christmas edition. As the Amigos High Score Challenge for this month, it closes the 8th of January, 2021. This is a game I am not familiar with. This mm-hmm. was picked by Z9K9 for winning the uh, previous challenge. So Z9K9 cleaned up both 
of the high score challenges this past week, Aaron. He won both the Spectrum and Smarty and the Nasty Gluttons, uh, the uh, the the high score challenge on that. So congratulations, He's a competitor, boat. He tremendous. is. He is. Uh, so congratulations to him and all the fine folks who contributed. We've always got people throwing in scores on these events. And if you would like to participate, all you have to do is become a member of our Discord server, and you can do that by supporting the show either through Patreon or through Twitch. Very good. Very good, Boat. Uh, speaking of Patreon, Aaron, uh, last week we had uh, what I thought was a pretty obscure song, although I was, I was, very, I was very happy that we have some uh we had some winners uh this week um now i'm going to tell you the the first two uh the first two words of the band name and you complete it for me aaron okay you ready yeah bell and devoe you got it bell and devoe uh the last week's uh last week's patreon song was the state that i am in by bell and sebastian you big bell and sebastian fan aaron they seem uh, like your kind of music. They sound like somebody that would sell me like a uh, a water heater. <laughs> like Bell and Howell. Mm-hmm. So when I congratulate Jigglebox, Figgy CTZ. Figgy CTZ and I, we have very similar musical tastes, by the way. I Mitsuyama can't somebody got that. And Paul Marfleet. Yeah, four, four people, people got that? Yeah, that's My more God. people that got Margaritaville. I will Think about you. that. That is, about that, that is a cultural difference there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, congratulations to you guys. Good work. And if you know this week's Patreon song, feel free to send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com, and I will read you out as a winner for next week's episode. Hit my music. Data Dog, Heavy Systems, Inc., Bundy Frag Lord, Mark Bylan, Olaf Hope. Hermski Jonah, aka Simulant Ethan Little. Alien Breeder. David Lost, the Raptor, Cowboy Boy, Lane Denson. Luke Hudson, John Cook, Bomb the Bass, Roshi. Frodo in El Sol, and Size Tech Mage Jurgen. Mr. Cola. Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, and Jerry Dennington, Zorglub Commodore Kid, Reflection Simon Ledge, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Gary Heather. Free lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobsterminator, 10 Minute Amigo Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, and Joseph Harrison, Kyle Edda, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Lairmore, Andy Craig, Sean Zoe, Bach Bid, Roland Burke, Andrew Monk, Show the Zombie. Leaf Killand, Alan Kebab, Chekote, Level John, Marshall Matthew Perron, Ricky Durosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy C to Z, 
Slow Norris, Stefan Sorgard Mortensen, Edvin Helen Blindo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Folds, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux. Graham Vebke, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage. Gary Hucker, Paul Bossman, Harrington, Duncan Styles. Tapes from the Crypt. Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo. THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Umbudstad. Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda. Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels of Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. There it was. Beautiful, my friend. Even I knew that one. All right. Well, that is, uh, like I said, if you know that one, then it is uh, John at AmigosPodcast.com. Everyone knows this one. You've got to be, when I can it's, figure it out. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. We were just talking, one. we were talking during the during the break, and Aaron knew it immediately. And again, I just think it's one of those cross-Atlantic differences, you know. Yeah, just the got second you hit the first chord, I was like, I know mm-hmm. what that is, instantly. Yeah. You know, so yeah. there you go. All right, Aaron. So next week on the Amigos Everything Amiga podcast, we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk about Seymour goes to Hollywood. Okay. We do want to thank Cameron Armstrong for suggesting Nick Faldo's championship golf to the uh, Amigos game selection committee. And we want to, of course, thank them for voting on it. Uh, next week is Seymour goes to Hollywood. This one was picked by Simulant. Been in the news a lot lately for the Amiga addict magazine that is going to be Indeed. coming out soon. And of course, we got to thank all the fine folks that support the show through Twitch. You know, there's lots of ways that you can uh, kick in a little bit if you enjoy the show. If you got something against Patreon, no problem. You know, lots of people do. You can support the show by subscribing through Twitch. Or there's also a PayPal link right there on everythingamiga.com slash support. So if you just want to kick in a couple bucks, if you watch every single week and you're in the chat room and you're like, man, these guys are awesome. I should probably do something to continue them on. There would be nothing finer than a one-way trip to the Parkway Diner. We want to thank Frodo NL, David Zainaz, Tom Pops, Hermsky, uh, Gimlet72, Air Jury, Judge Dave, Graham NCFC, Dave Velociraptor, Mitsuyama, Wishbone, AB Sure, Pints and Amiga, Jigglebox, Tenmark, Edvin Helland, Sigur Bjornell, uh, Mr. Cola, of course, Chris Folds, Buck Owens, Wolf Adon, Lamatza. Litwarski, RMC Retro, Spy Hunter UK 2016, Negsol, Duncan Styles, Morifumi, David's Donuts, Old Beast Urgeon, Uber Scuba Diver, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, Hasifa, Rob O'Hara, Coconut 81, Macintosh Librarian, Gary Heather, Wing Chun Wolf, Christian Russell, 10 underscore foil, and Fedarta. Very Thank good, you guys. Doug. Thank you guys so much for supporting Amigos on Twitch. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, boy. It's been it's been it's been something, Aaron. We we That's talked right. much more about Nick Faldo than I thought we could, but we really, you know, when it comes to golf games, I got lots of opinions. That's right. 
I wish I could golf as well in real life as I can on the video game. Me too, man. Me I'm too. too lazy to get out and go out, too. There's also that. Well, we will see you next week for Seymour Goes to Hollywood. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Oh, never mind. I was getting ready to close the show, but I can't close the show yet, Aaron, because we've not recognized the fine, fine folks that are watching us live in real time. We record this show every Friday between 4 and 6-ish in the Eastern time. You can work that out wherever you are in the world. But uh, we've always got a nice crowd that, that hangs out with us. We really enjoy watching them, uh, you know, watching them chat away. And they, they, they actually provide us with a lot of information that we, we were able to use on the show. So we, we appreciate <laughs> They're that our safety well. net boat. Let's face That's facts right. here. They, they keep right. us from being complete idiots. Uh, we want to thank uh, Dunk, the Dunk, Duncan Styles, and Pixels at Dawn Gaming, our two moderators of uh, of record. They are amazing folks. Thank you guys so much. And of course, we've got the the other guys in the chat and ladies at and Barkbit Casino. Thanks, Commander Root, Duke L Hudson, Eeyore four zero seven seven, Frodo and L, Gary, Heather, Jigglebox, Hermsky, Ice Wizards, Inventkin, Joinafort, Jost eighty, Casserin. L. Curtis B. Mitsuyama, M. Kelly 0904, Mr. Linus, Mr. Cola, Olav Hope, Paul Kitching, Picard 2010, R. Typer, Rob Flack O'Hara, Tom Toms, Thicker, Uber Scuba Diver, VNK, Vigoro Pros, and Z9K9. Thank you guys so much for being here and uh, being with us as we record the show. Thank you very much, fellas. We appreciate it. All right. Now I'm closing it down, Aaron. We will Take see you guys next week. For Seymour Goes to Hollywood, we'll see you next time. Until then, adios. adios.